0: strategize together let's
1: hear it from an expert join the conversation it's informative and free you and me let's talk some strategy Here's your host, Doreen Morin Van Dam. Hello, everybody. My name is Doreen Morin Van Dam. I am here with another episode of Strategy Talks where we will be talking about the future of social with my special guest today. But before I introduce you to our guest, I want to say hello to everybody who's here live and to those of you who watch this on the replay with a special shout out to our podcast listeners who listen to Strategy Talks as a podcast on all your favorite platforms. And before I introduce Jack Appleby to all of you, special shout out to our sponsor, Social Insider. They are the intuitive dashboard for social media analytics, reporting, and competitors analysis for brands and agencies if you need data you need social insider. So without much further ado, let's get started. The future of social with Jack Appleby. How are you today, Jack?
0: Uh, I'm so much better having heard that theme song, which is fantastic. And, uh, I'm great.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I love that. My son wrote that. So I all the credit goes to him. Even I better. love it. It sets the stage perfectly. You are the expert. Um, I'm interviewing you. We're going to talk about the future of social. So um, let's just get started with that, right? You have a newsletter called- Correct. Future called Social. Future Social. So what inspired you to start that? And what has your experience been working with the, you know, big brands that, you know, uh, you know, there's so much to unpack. Let's start with Future Social. What got you, sure. what inspired you to, to, um, write that and what's happening with that?
0: Yeah, so it's funny. Like, I am now a full time content creator, which I, I'm still getting used to that coming out, like off my breath. It's a, it's a weird thing to say still. Um, but basically, I've worked in social for the better part of 12 years now. Um, got into the field in 2011, right when it felt like social budgets started to become a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and fortunately, came into an agency that was very entrepreneurial uh, and very much encouraged us all to kind of learn at our own speed figure out what's going on, and had a lot of opportunity to advance. So I started off in video game marketing, working for DC Comics, Warner Brothers Interactive, moved on to Microsoft, um, worked on Minecraft Social, and a bunch of other games. And then through the last 10 years at agencies, ended up leading social AOR for some of the biggest brands in the world, Beats by Dre, Verizon. um, Gosh, who else? It's been been a, a long journey at this point, but somewhere along the path. I kind of had this panic when I was like, oh my God, I don't know anybody who does this except for the people who worked in my first agency for those first five years. So I just wanted to meet some people who worked in advertising and started tweeting to meet folks. Uh, and then weirdly, it became kind of a thing. I started writing these Twitter threads of analysis of influencers and brands uh, that started to gain some traction enough so that I started bringing clients to my agencies. Um, I had one job where I... I brought in Riot Games, Spotify, and, a, and another game called Warframe through Twitter DMs to my agency. And all my clients came from me a strategy Director, which Trish is not how that role works. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then at some point, uh, my friends at Morning Brew, they hit me up and was like, dude, like you you should be writing full time. I was like, I've i never aspired to write full time, like not since my like journalism major days. And uh, they eventually convinced me to start the newsletter with them. And it grew fast. Like I've had it for a year now. Um, 41,000 subscribers, all marketers, um, a lot of senior level marketers, um, executives from all the major social networks. Um, and it's become Future Social has become this, this place where I write how-to and best-in-class analysis of working within social media.
1: I think that is fantastic. And I want to touch on something. You said it was sort of Lonely, right? You were behind yeah. the scenes. And and I just want to point this out. If you're watching and you're a social media manager, you're a marketer, you're working in an agency, Jack and I see and hear you. We have been there. I have been there. I work from home. I work with agencies. I work on teams. But it gets lonely out there. And sometimes you're going into the void, right? Jack, you feel like, Mm -hmm. are people listening? So I totally like hear you on starting on Twitter and talking. I see a lot of my colleagues do that. I went the other route. I went to communities. I went Facebook communities, groups. Um, I became a community manager. And I love that you and I started around the same time. I started my business in 2010 when social media was just kind of like a thing like maybe it becomes a job maybe it can be a job right so let's step into the name of your newsletter future of social what is happening and i just want to you know reframe what you and i were talking Mm -hmm. about in the green room you know both you and then you know Anne Handley has said this and, and you just reiterate that um, by, you know, giving up everything else you do to become a content marketer, become a writer yeah. in the age of AI stepping up. And let's talk about that. Let's unwrap that a little bit. Like we still need writers. We are so focused on what's coming and AI and writing for us. Why do we still need content creators jack why do we still need people like you why why is this even more which i would say more important now than ever
0: it's i mean the growth of ai is a fascinating thing i um, mean and, and to, like to be clear i'm a big proponent of it i think it has a lot of use cases especially mm-hmm. for content marketers i think mm-hmm. it can make our jobs a lot easier i don't know if it replaces us i think that's what, what like we're both kind of getting at um i've actually written two articles about chat the first one I just put it into the tools, like, give me an 800-word essay on why ChatGPT is going to replace social media managers. And the fun part for me was it told on itself and actually said the opposite. Even though oh. I told it to justify that it will replace a human being, it said, no, I won't. And here's a bunch of reasons as to why. And I actually just published that because, like, I'm not going to summarize this better than they are. Um, but then I did another exercise where I built out, I tried to see if I could build an entire brand through ChatGPT, where I, I literally had an idea, let's see if it can name it. Let's see if it can come up with a value proposition. Let's see if it can come up with content pillars and content ideas and then actually write the copy. And it did a pretty great job. Now, all of that said, this is where I think the the thing people misunderstand about a lot of these tools is they're still only as good as the original idea that's within them. And they are not like fully trained, like they will never be perfect. Um, the way I anticipate using it for myself, like writing a newsletter, is I can see it helping me brainstorm really well. I could see like giving it up, like I've tried it this way. I've worked in social for 10 years. I have, uh, like theoretically, I've seen pretty much every version of a piece of content that you can see, but I'll put in there like, give me 25 different ideas to promote this thing. And it'll give me a handful of like, huh, I would've never thought of that. And then I go do it myself. Mm-hmm. So like, like it's a, a wonderful tool. I think it's advancing fascinatingly quickly. Um, but I do think people who are writers often have their own ideas and then articulate those ideas their, like, in their own way. Um, and I, to me, that's why people like yourself, myself, like, will continue to have a role in the world, even if the robots can write. Because I just think we follow people for people a lot of the time. Like I write very like even though it's a strategy newsletter. I write very first person. I write very silly. I have my own style, and sure, it'd be nice if ChatGPT can emulate that and makes my life a little easier. But I also just don't think that'll ever be fully the case, where you're developing like this entire personality.
1: I agree. I agree, and I and I think that that's that's a good point about you know the personality piece. Um, and here's the other truth, right? So you can emulate everybody else in social media and get a pretty good brand, but in order to Go viral, if we even use that word, or to stand out, you have to be different. If everybody goes left, you have to go right. So, Chat uh, Chat GPT wouldn't allow you to do that. They send you left with everybody else. They wouldn't Mm. say, "Well, you know what? Let's tweak this idea and let's come up with something totally crazy." And that's where you need human humans and human brains to say, "Well, we're gonna just do it differently." And Um, an AI, I don't think they would want you to fail. So they wouldn't Mm -hmm. come up with ideas that are, um, you know, maybe out of this world. Whereas, you know, I'm an agile marketer. So we, we talk about, you know, I talk about that a lot where, you know, the, um, understanding is that in order to succeed, you have to have permission to fail. And if you have permission to fail, that means that you can come up with bold, big, bright, crazy ideas to try and to test. And if you don't have the permission yeah. from the C suite, you can't. And I don't think AI has permission to fail. So they're not very <laughs> agile. So I think that's one yeah. of the that's one of the things. So let's let's switch gears and let's talk about how do you keep up with what's going on in social? There are so many things to worry about, yeah. right? And AI is just one. There's so many new things happening, right. platforms, features, um new techniques now we have all the new ai tools like for every tool Mm -hmm. there's out there there's a new ai tool that does it faster automate it better so how do you you have a framework that you work within where you like you read a certain number of hours a day or what do you do jack i I would love to like figure it out
0: it's funny i mean this is where early in social media careers people are often encouraged to just be constantly online. It's like you yeah. hear phrases like the pulse of culture and stuff like that. Um, I think that is not the best use of almost anybody's time. And it's about finding like, concentrated sources, places that you know you could consistently go to to find out what's going on or where new features launch. Um, so like, after all these years of doing this, I found one person who I follow, if I follow him on social media, I'm gonna get pretty much all the news. And this is a, a guy named Matt Navarra, who mm-hmm. he has his own newsletter called Social Media Geek Out. Um, I think maybe hundred thousand plus followers on Twitter. Like mm-hmm. I genuinely 99% of what I write about is it's a strategy article based on something Matt has tweeted. Wow. And this is what and him and I talk have like he's become a friend, like him and I talk about this, where it's like he's got the news covered, and then I pick one of these things and write a how to article. About that news, and they both both become very like complementary newsletters for each other. We actually just set it up so like if you read his newsletter, you can, you can recommend mine, and vice versa.
1: Now, that's awesome. Hey, that's smart. Yeah. I follow Matt Navarro too, and yeah. um, so I, I totally see where you go with that. So you find you have found this one person who aggregates all the latest update, the mm-hmm. the most news, what's happening. So how do you take what's happening now? and look at what's coming down the pipeline. Because you, I'm not saying you need to predict, but you kind of mm. need to prepare. So how do you do that?
0: Um, you know, it's funny. Like, like I think at the end of the year, we all write our 2023 social predictions. Exactly, that's where I'm getting
1: it, yeah. Um, yeah.
0: And so many of those prediction articles really lean into new tech. Um, like next year's, we'll everyone will be talking about AI and ChatGPT, cause this is probably the, mo- the, the most relevant new marketing tech we've seen in a while, but like sure. uh, last year it was like AR and VR and their role in advertising. I'm like what role in advertising? People don't even have these products. Like I, I don't understand what you're all seeing. For me, like I really continue to think the, the longer I do this, social media is about two things. Do you have a hook that people truly care about? And do you have a creative idea that people truly care about? And what's actually happening now, like if we were, if we're to, to call out one future of social prediction, we've seen over the last year, every social network is going to an interest graph model. They used to all be based on a social graph, which is my feed is full of people who I have chosen to follow or I have friend requested, a la original Facebook, most of Instagram, uh, Twitter in the past. TikTok introduced the interest graph, social feed, which is mm-hmm. based on understanding you as a person and putting things in your feed that, you maybe not have elected to follow, but it understands you algorithmically. Sure, Instagram Reels is that way. And now Twitter is that way. Twitter has the for you feed. So I think we're going to continue to go towards that direction because we're finding time spent on app really increases if the algorithm gets it right because maybe the content that an algorithm feeds you is better than what your random friends on social media post, And that's why you stay in the feed longer. Mm-hmm. But I think the big takeaway from all of that is going to be content creators, and strong thinkers and social are going to have the best organic reach they've had since the early days of Facebook, because every social network is being set up in a way that encourages the best content to get seen. And again, the best content being what has a hook that resonates with like your core audience strongly enough, and what's actually a creative idea enough to keep them around after that.
1: Hmm that's really great and i can see that when you say that to hook and then the content what i'm seeing in my feed are those people that are um talking about one topic one topic really well become the Mm -hmm. expert they're not an expert when they start they become the expert they tell their stories in such a way that um people are fascinated and then they answer the questions of their audience and they're creating videos based on what the audience asks now that interest graph, I love that you explained it that way because that kind of made me really understand that a lot better. And if you're watching this, you probably have that same thought. Um, is that something that YouTube has already been doing? Kind of like you watch his video and now you want to watch this video. Is that kind of what's been happening on YouTube for a little bit longer where, you know, there's always that suggestion, like you watch this video, now here's the suggested and it comes up with the next thing. Is that the same idea?
0: I, I, You know, t- technical terminology wise, I don't know if we do, int- if it's, if we qualify it that way, because I don't know if that's a social specific term. And I personally don't think of YouTube as social media. I think it was like mm. broadcast and digital. Um, but like fundamentally, yes, like YouTube has algorithmically, like I don't know about you guys, but like by YouTube is very curated for me. Mm. Like when I go, I, I often just visit the YouTube homepage and click around there because the content, like the platform understands me. Mm-hmm. So fun- functionally, let's say, yes, it algorithmically is strong.
1: Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Um, so you were talking about, you started talking to people on Twitter when you sort of felt isolated. You were behind the scenes. You didn't have any colleagues. And, uh, you know, I totally um, can uh, as sympathize with that, as empathize with that because I go to like social media marketing world and I go to the, you know, been to inbound and these Places these mm-hmm. conferences where I meet with my friends, right? Because you're in an isolated. Um, even before working from home was a thing, a social. A lot of us social media managers were working from home already. Mm-hmm. Um, so that personal branding piece that you happen up on sort of by accident. How important do you think that is for other social media managers out there, um, and and other marketers, yeah. and how can somebody start building that brand.
0: Yeah, so I always caveat before I go into this talk that if you wanna build a personal brand, it can be really, really powerful for your career. Not with aspirations to become a creator, but it just brings in so many other opportunities. Like clients will find you. Like I I got one job um, where during the interview process, my boss or my future boss said, yeah, the entire leadership team at the client Follows you on Twitter already. Like one of the reasons you're getting hired here is because we know they already trust you, and they never trust anybody we hire for this job. So, like there are real benefits to doing it. That said, if you like don't feel safe online, if you prefer to be introverted, if you don't want to put like yourself out there digitally, I never encourage anybody who doesn't want to do it to do it because there are plenty of cons that come with it this way. But that said, like if you do want to build a personal brand as a marketer or a social media manager. I think there's so many incredible ways to do that that will really benefit you, not just in your visibility, um, but in how you think about the work itself. So fundamentally, personal branding is still branding work. Um, I always say the easiest way to get started in this is like, I, I actually wrote an article on this called like the most positive way to build a personal brand. I'm sure everyone here works in a very specific industry of some sort, and they're in marketing, marketing slash sports, marketing slash video games, whatever that might be. If you just start by curating really great work from your industry and posting that on LinkedIn and saying why you like it, do that two to three times a week. And right there, you are showing other people how you think about work, like what your personal taste level is. And you're showing off the best marketing work there is. And by the way, marketers always love attention for their work. So you will start connecting with people who did that work. You'll start showing off to your fellow connections, like what type of work is resonating with you. You can build quite an audience just doing that. And then from there- I love that
1: tip. I love that tip. Oh my gosh, that's mind blowing. You're right. And Sometimes we don't want to highlight other people, right? Especially if we consider them quote unquote competition but sharing somebody else's content is a free thing and it can make you mm-hmm. look incredibly smart if you curate the right content. That is a great tip, Jack, wonderful. Yeah, I,
0: what it is and why it works. That's like, you can build like, I know a, a woman named Jess Smith who, she works for, I forget her title now, she might be VP of branding, but she works for Stuart Haas Racing. She's worked for the Yankees, she's has an Under Armour um, and she built a Twitter account for herself that has a huge following in professional sports marketing because she did just that. She highlights everyone's work and says like, and like they're usually just like short comments, like love the graphic design of the Miami Heat here. And she's built 30,000, 40,000 Twitter followers by mostly doing that and then expanding to a blog about pro sports marketing where she shares more original thoughts. But you can dip your toe in really safely without ever triggering any controversy whatsoever.
1: So sharing your own thoughts on other people's content—that's Sh-
0: sharing. I want to. I want to caveat highlighting other people's work that you like. Okay. Because this is where, like, like, if I the one thing I would go back and do differently is when I started tweeting about social. I approached it more of like a classroom where, like, I would also critique things. Never viciously, never meanly. I, I, I'm not, not into like spicy Twitter that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I would critique where it's like, you know, this doesn't work because of X, Y, and Z. Here are things they could have done differently. And as my audience grew, it took me way too long to realize that that would get back to the originators of the content. Mm-hmm. And as I look at, and as I look at, like how much social real estate I just have, like on Twitter and LinkedIn, and how many posts I can do per day, it just doesn't make that much sense to critique things that I don't love versus highlight things that I do love and explain why I love them.
1: I love that. Oh, that's even better. So really specific. So find the things that you yeah. love. Why do you stop to scroll? Why are you mm-hmm. reading that article? What do you love about it? Go share that and obviously tag the original yeah. person who who posted it, who wrote it, who mm-hmm. created the piece of content and share why you love it and highlight others. I mean, isn't this like stuff that we learn in kindergarten, right? Cheering yeah. for your cheering for your fellow kindergartner <laughs> exactly. as they learn how to read. These are lessons from that, but that's a really good reminder. It's a very competitive world yeah. out there as content creators. And so that's a great way to get started both on Twitter and LinkedIn, finding and that mean, content.
0: Yeah, like not to mention, like, it is also a heck of a networking tool. Like literally last month, like one of my writing idols is Mark Manson who wrote like the subtler of not giving a, I don't know who's watching the show so I won't finish the title. Um, but I've, al- I've always very much looked up to him as a writer for his ability to take complexities and make them very accessible, very simple, and very human language. I made it like – I don't have an Instagram following. That's like my personal social network. it got a couple thousand followers. I made a video about like how taking one of his classes is part of my morning routine. He saw that and asked me if he could repost it. And I was able to like briefly chat with a guy who's like one of my heroes because I made content about him. Like, it also becomes this networking thing where you want to meet more people in marketing, you highlight their marketing concept that's great, and I promise you, you will connect with some people who, like, you look up to, who might be able to hire you, who might just be good people for you to, like, grab a coffee with.
1: That's awesome. Hey, Jack, I just want to tell you, I went with the middle of the interview, but you're such a positive person. Thank you for being that today. I'm not saying that my other guests aren't positive, but I love your outlook on content and what you're doing and how you're bringing the message forward. And if you're watching this and you felt, you know, the drain of social media, Um, certainly follow Jack and connect with Jack. We're going to talk where and how in just a minute when we wrap this up, but I just want to tell you, I get this vibe from you. Like it's positive. It's great. Do your thing. Um, I love that. So I have a couple more questions for you. Um, What, what um, role does the social media play in shaping a brand's reputation and public image? um, as a standpoint of, you know, how important is it as you, as a social media manager, the marketer, how important is that? And how does that weigh on you, that reputation piece? Um, cause you've been that social media manager behind the scenes, can't really balance a lot of stuff. Have you worked with teams? Is that a shared shouldering, um, of that rep- reputation or how does that how does that work? Cause I think that's something that if people are watching marketers, we have felt mm-hmm. that, that, um, that weight on our shoulders.
0: Yeah, it's a, I mean, so most of my history is working at ad agencies as a strategist on a team. Um, and I usually was kind of like the de facto like lead on like the little five t- person teams that I worked for. And then when I worked for a larger brand, like a Microsoft or Verizon, we'd have a creative pit that might include a hundred people potentially. And then a core team of strategists and producers um, that worked on that business. So as far as like business reputation goes, um, it's funny. I don't know if until the last couple of years, the brand managers and some of like the clients even realized that the way the world works now, because so much has been invested in organic social media, brands are being built by a series of activations. Like we are... It's very hard to build the next, like, Nike, just do it. Like, to get to that level of understanding where, like, a line and a mantra, I have that strong takeaway. It's very hard to do. What's happening far more often now is a brand is, like I mentioned, brands are built by a series of social activations. That's how you eventually become a social follower of the brands. So eventually, you become a purchaser of the brand. And if we're being honest, usually it's I'm a purchaser and then join the community. And I think right. we, like... Us marketers love to think that we drove a follow and that's how they then ended up buying a shoe or something. It's great when that happens. A lot of times it's not. It's the other way around. the actual around. flow.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: but that said, like, I've just always kind of viewed it as like a fun part of my job. Um, I've never like, and I've worked for some like products that have definitely upset people. Like I think one of the, maybe one of the secrets of why this stuff doesn't get to me at this phase anymore is I started in video game marketing which is a wonderful feels um, and some of the most incredible communities I've ever seen on the internet, but also they, they like to get their way <laughs> and they can be very hostile. Um, so, I mean, my first job, I was a, I was running a community management team for electronic arts and EA sports. Uh, EA launched a game that was incredibly broken, like a $60 game that had a lot of glitches at launch. Um, they had a lot of, uh, that's when a, a certain video game, um, pricing model had just launched as well that really upset people so i have been called every name under the sun through twitter replies forum replies. like that, that's just what social was from day one for me mm. so i think in a lot of ways like i've read a lot of literature about how like social media managers and how they really internalize the like the comments on yeah. their brand pages yeah i think i like, candidly i think i just it was introduced so early to my career and I did have peers around me. So like, I was always kind of numb to it. And like, I always like, maybe this isn't the kindest way to view it. But like, if someone's in such a place where they're replying to a brand account and calling them names or like, I mean, there's a lot of people who like, would t- like v- different versions of like, go kill yourself happens in the comments from people because a video game release date got pushed or a feature didn't happen. Um, the thing I'd encourage social media managers is as much as we talk about work-life balance from the framework of like how much I'm working or when I take meetings. And it's so much bigger than that. Like if you are getting your creative fulfillment out of your social media manager job, you're kind of setting yourself up to be miserable at some point. Do great creative work. Be proud of the work that you do. But if that's your only creative outlet, like you're going to get upset sometime because like we're not here to make art. We're here to make really cool creative promotional stuff. I think that's just as true. The commentary is, it's so important for us in, mar- in marketing to separate ourselves from our job, to protect ourselves from these things.
1: That is a great answer. What I heard you say is that if you are creating content for, as, as being hired, right, a social media manager, and you're creating this organic or this paid, you know, these ads and this beautiful design and, and writing and all of that, but you're not doing this for yourself as an art, because that's honestly what we are, right? When we're creative, content creators, mm-hmm. create that piece of content for yourself and to have that creative outlet. I love that. We are at time. Jack, I think that we could talk another hour, but I want to make sure that those of you who are listening and watching this segment um, can connect with Jack. So how do they find future of social and how and where should they connect with you? The question is Twitter and yep. LinkedIn or both.
0: Uh, the answer is both. Uh, the answer is every place you'd like to connect with me. Um, so my name is Jack Appleby. It's highly Googleable because it's a ridiculous fictional name. Um, but uh, you can find me. I, I publish on LinkedIn and Twitter every day about career thinking and social media strategy thinking. Um, and then my newsletter is called Future Social. Best way to find that is actually to go to my LinkedIn and Twitter and get the link in bio. So you get the most current version of my newsletter subscription page. Um, that publishes once a week to 40,000 plus marketers with how-to pieces, analysis of content in the world, um, and then links that you might want to read as someone who either works in social or wants to learn more about social.
1: That's awesome. Well, I really appreciate your time this morning, Jack. Um, really appreciate you being here live. If you have questions for Jack, make sure you connect with him both on Twitter and LinkedIn. I appreciate you talking about the future social with us. Um, and those of you who listen to Strategy Talks as a podcast, thank you so much for joining in. I will be back next week with another episode and I'll see you later. Bye, everybody.
0: Thank you.